All right, Mots, we are back. Episode 109 of The Rink Shrinks. What do you say? You ready to go? Let's go. All right, Mots, it's a uh, mailbag episode, but we got a lot to catch up on. We took in the bean pot last night, a lot of action in everybody's household. Uh, what's happening? Uh, not too much. Um, over the weekend, you know, the Thayer Academy Tigers didn't have their best uh, showing. Um, but you know what? You just got to turn the page and move on. Uh, it was a, a tough, tough team they played against, but they could play with anyone. It just They got put on their heels early and just could never recover and just chase the game the whole time. And a little frustrating standing on this side of the glass, never mm-hmm. mind how they felt, you know, between the glass. So you got to keep it in perspective as a parent. There were some parents that were upset on the effort, per se. So anyway, uh, and then Brookie had a little a game um, against a team that probably should have beat. And it was um, – I thought she had a really good game, though. It was like stick on puck and like taking angles and whatnot. And just kind of mentioned it to the girls about, you know, just stuff that we talk about all the time, like compete and 50-50 puck battles and – actually caring to put your teammate in a better position. Um, you know, when you have the puck and you make a mistake, don't just throw your head up in the uh, rafters and and kind of be like, oh, well, you know, you got to do something to, you know, make it right. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, so, and then, you know, the bean pot was great. You know, it was, it was good to take it in with you. Yeah, no, it was good. Same thing here. We were uh, busy so- Friday night out at Cushing. Uh, we, we, oh, no, no, that was at Belmont Hill. Same type of thing. Not a, they, they, they didn't play their best game. Belmont, they kind of beat them, beat up on them earlier in the season for, uh, for Brian's team. And then, uh, Belmont Hill came back with a vengeance. They ended up beating them on Friday night. And then Saturday, we, we did a nice tour of New England. Uh, we started the day in Boston and, you know, left about 7 a.m., headed out to good old, Enfield, Connecticut, which is, you know, on the Massachusetts Springfield kind of Connecticut border and uh, had a couple games out there and then went, you know, like through every town that you've never heard of from from, you know, like the Chukesbury and Dukesbury and like these uh, it was kind of out by Amherst. Everything. So we went from there and, and basically backtracked to, to Cushing. So uh, it was, you know, a lot of lot of windshield time for for me, Joanna, and the and the two boys, and we were able to, to, yeah, very scenic route, um, followed the ways, and and it, it wasn't a bad ride. It was, you know, it was it was good, kind of that single lane highway. We were, uh, you know, made made good time getting up there, and then we we're able to um, take in a game at Cushing where they, uh, you know, good hockey game and stuff. And then they they actually the Brian's team played the old East Coast League three and three or the East Coast League AHL three three games and three nights. Uh, so it was busy. And then we, uh, you know, I think Liam had another game. Yeah, it was the, the same old routine, same old routine running around from rank to rank. And then we uh, able to take in the Super Bowl. What do yeah. you think about that? Kind of an interesting, uh, interesting game. I mean, I mean, it was a great game. It was one of the more entertaining games that that I've, I can remember in a while. No, yeah, no, absolutely. There was mistakes made on both sides. Not a ton of like real good defense, but like that means the offense is kind of reading and reacting and executing. So, um, yeah, just back and forth. Courtney made some unbelievable um, ham and cheese sliders nice, and uh, some buffalo chicken dip. I was like, ooh. 
So it was just the family. We didn't go anywhere. We just coached it up and took in the game. And Rihanna was kind of like, you know, the the big draw for the girls, you know. So they they enjoyed seeing that halftime I was going to ask your opinion on it. And I, th- I mean, you think about all the songs that she's saying. You, even if you're not a Rihanna fan, you you know you know the song and you bobbing your head a little bit. So mm-hmm. I thought she did a good job. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, it was good. It was good. All in all, like you said, tough way to end the game. I would say, obviously, if you're an Eagles fan, uh, you know we had no skin in the game. I was hoping to hit maybe a square here or there, but I'm just old for the century and those type of things. But uh, they, you know that 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 holding call was a little bit. Uh, a little bit bogus. It kind of goes on. Yeah, yeah. Kind of uh, happens all game long. So for it to for such a great offensive game to be decided like that, it made things kind of, uh, you know, made that the, the ending a little bit difficult. But like you said, it was a uh, absolute battle of a game. Offensives. I mean, that Mahomes and talk about um, uh, a great story. The quarterback for the Eagles. There. Why am I drawing a? a, a, a yeah, Jalen Hurts, uh, you know, talk about like a adversity. And obviously I remember back when they were playing, when he was at Alabama, he got taken out at halftime and Tua came in and, and, and took over. And then he sat on the bench for a year and then he went to uh, Oklahoma. And, you know, now he's ended up being a, a pretty high pick. But he's a, he's a winner too. Like I really like his attitude. He seems like a, a good guy and just a, a guy that could have, you know, easily kind of sulked and, and, you know, when he, when he gets yanked from the national championship game, but he's stayed with it. And I, I love that type of stuff. I hope, I hope eventually he can, uh, he can get a, a, a Super Bowl title. Yeah. He's definitely a rootable guy. Um, you know, not so much the, the fans of Philly, but, um, <laughs> but, and then Mahomes gotten through some of the injuries that he had and just, you know, he, he used his legs to really, you know, kind of have some game changing plays there late in the game. And, I just think that uh, you know that just shows his competitiveness and whatnot. And then the conspiracy theorists out there saying that the NFL wants KC to be the the champs, and like that call is like bogus. Like, you mm. said. yeah, yeah. You know, so so you, you don't want that to come down to. Even though they still would have had a chance to kick it, they would have had more time to maybe come down the field and mismanagement of of timeouts. But you know, who who are we to know? You know, it's football, right? We 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 talk hockey. Yeah, we talk hockey. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know yeah, anything about it. No, it was. It was good. And then, obviously, last night we were able to uh, take in the bean pot, which was really exciting, um, you know, especially locally here in, in New England. I would say that anybody that's not from around this area, to be able to get to the to the bean pot championship is something that, obviously, we've grown up doing. Obviously, you were able to take part and play for four years in college. But it's it's really cool Monday night, uh, you know, for those that, that have no idea what we're talking about. It's the first two Mondays in February, Boston College, Boston University, Harvard, and Northeastern, um, you know, they play – a, uh, a a tournament, and this is like we talked about last week—the first time in seventy years that Northeastern and uh, Harvard have faced off in the finals. It's predominantly been a BCBU type of uh, you know tournament. I'll say that as a as an outsider looking in, but it was it was cool. A lot of people there. Uh, shout out to Kenny McDonough, our boy, for uh, hooking us up and, and setting us up in the hub ticket brokers box. Yeah, that was great. And you know, to your point, it is just like a great event and. What it does also for the, the players, it's the dog days of the season, and it really breaks it up, you know, to be able to play mm-hmm. on a Monday in, a, you know, a packed building, um, you know, if you're in the second game of the of the um, second Monday. But, I mean, I, I just love the 
energy in the building. You know, you get the, the different schools, the bands, you know, the alumni. Uh, late in that game, it was just electric. So really good hockey. Uh, it's just a, a great tradition, especially in this area. I mean, yeah. If if you can make it, uh, you know, next year, if if it's a first timer, you know, give us a shout. We'll we'll meet up. Yeah, absolutely. No, they. Uh, it, it was great hockey, and obviously the 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 championship was decided, which was you know a little bit strange uh, by a shootout, which is the first time in history. Am I right? Yeah, this is the first year they they changed the format, and I don't I don't totally agree with it. Yeah, it was kind of a. a, a I mean, it is you got to you got to play the game, right? And and at the end of the day, it was decided in a shootout, but really cool for Northeast. And obviously, we uh, we know a bunch of guys that played there, went there, and and you know currently playing there. So it was cool to 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 see that staff and and everybody, um, you know, that's that's affiliated with the school, uh, you know, win the championship. At the end of the day, it's a, a really cool. Really cool championship to have, and and for guys that have been in school for a couple of years and haven't won one to get that notch on your belt is is really uh, really awesome. Yeah, you get some bragging rights, and everyone who is on that ice knows like the importance of the games, and you know even the consolation game was good. Um, yeah, just uh, in BUBC, and you know sometimes it's difficult to be completely motivated, like motivated, but it was it was a good hockey game um, as well, the early one, so. You know, it's uh, a a situation when they you can use it to kind of propel your you know last stretch of the season mm-hmm. to be a positive stretch. You know, you win that bean pop. Northeastern is playing well right now. Um, you know, and Harvard has been playing well, so it it is a cool tournament to you know take in as a fan. But it was really fun to play, and you know, there's a lot of benefits that can come out of it. No, absolutely. I uh, speaking of tournaments, I wanted to give a quick shout out to a you know one tournament that I did play in. Uh, was the uh, the Quebec Pee Wee tournaments going on? So I know a lot of guys are up there, a lot of former players and teams locally and stuff. So I want to wish all those guys good luck up in the queue. Uh, it's a really really cool event. Good to see it kind of back on track after uh, after COVID last year. I know my 2019 was supposed to go, and then with you know all the uh, you know all that the the, the you know COVID and um, everything happening, it, we we weren't able to again. Uh, attend it so really cool to see i've been you know following it on instagram seeing some you know the 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 fans it was like packed house for a lot of these games in the um in the i think it's called yeah i think they changed the name now to the like videotron center or or something like that but they they have a new building up there obviously the quebec ramparts rink um so it's a really really cool and those that's something that i know merle's put something out on chicklets kind of uh you know the five uh you know what you need to do when you're when you're up at uh you know up there and things like that and you know poutine and going to the snow park and and things like that like it's some some cool funny like but long lasting memories and we obviously talk about it quite a bit and uh hopefully i hopefully i can get back there with the youngest and that'll be great yeah great tournament great tradition the bummer that uh kind of sidelined for a little bit there because of the co you know covid situation and not being able to cross the border but um the old pandemic yeah, but you know, then you you gain you know going down to the Exposure Cup and getting some sun. So true. You know, yeah. So there's always something positive that comes out of a negative. There you go, a little vitamin D in my life. Uh, <laughs> Mott, it is a uh, a mailbag episode, but let's talk about TSR hockey before we dip into it. Go visit our guys in t- at TSR up in ta- uh, Tax Free Salem, New Hampshire, where you can stock up on all your equipment needs for the remainder of the season. TSR stocks team. 
team apparel from CCM and Bauer and does everything in-house embroidering and printing. You can reach their team store at 603-912-5970. Ask for Mike or Dave. They'll take care of you. Again, TSR is New England's premier hockey store and a proud sponsor of the Rink Shrinks. Visit TSRHockey.com for all your shopping needs and make sure that you tell them that the Rink Shrink sent you. Again, that number 603-912-5970. We're getting towards the end of hockey season here, March, right? Like the you know playoffs are coming up, which means tryout time, fitting time for next season. So this is the time to, to make sure that your team really looks good next season and those guys will take care of you. Yeah, get in the queue. Make sure you check out TSR Hockey. You'll give them a call, and uh, they'll take care of all your, your team's needs. Absolutely. All right, let's let's uh, let's get into the mailbag here. Hey, boys, love the pod. Got a mailbag question for you. My son is a 2012 moving up to Pee Wee's this year. His current team, Square at AA, has the talent but lacks coaching. The team brings in the best local individual talent but does not reinforce any team play selfishness and the lack of accountability on the ice trickles into the locker room causing poor team chemistry which i believe is a direct result of poor coaching do you think it's better to play with the talent team or developed with better coaching on a lesser team i'm a big fan of you guys and wondering if you could hit on how high schools high schoolers are leaving too early to go to prep schools and not enjoy their high school years i currently have 11 kids inquiring I'm looking forward to hearing from you sincerely, New England hockey coach. Um, no, so some you know, pretty good stuff here. I, I think um, we've talked about it a lot, but coaching is really the most important thing. You know, if you get on a super team with, you know, lack of accountability, but there's individual talent and selfishness and all the things that we don't want to promote. Mm-hmm. then it's not the place to be. Uh, you could be on a, a lesser team with a, a better coach that really emphasizes like the important things that are going to help, you know, you be a valuable part of a team or develop, you know, as the the level of, you know, competition ratchet is up. So if you look at it that way, I would say the lesser team with a better coach. Um, I agree with you. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's pretty simple. Um, you know, you can do like a, a super team or like whatever you want to call it uh, in like a spring or summer tournament. If you still want to try and, you know, get around some, some high end players. But um, I think for the longevity or like the best way to develop would be through the coaching, uh, getting your touches and understanding the right way to play. Yeah. No, Mots, I, uh, I think you hit the nail on the head with that one. What about part two of, of, of this kids leaving their high schools? Uh, what do you say? There's 11 of them that are inquiring, trying to get to prep schools and things like that. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I think every kid's situation is different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you don't want to just go to a prep school just to say you're going to a prep school. If it's the right thing for schooling and uh, you know, for the academics and the athletics, you know, you, you don't want to hold a kid back um, if it's a better situation for that person. But just to do it, to do it, and you know, and not maybe be, you know, in the say current situation and enjoy yourself, and you just have to like self evaluate and help these kids make decisions. Really, if you're the right. coach, right? Because um, you don't yeah. want to just hold them back just to be you know, say selfishly successful at, at whatever level you're coaching, but it also does, it, it's a very difficult situation for you to be in as a coach because you want to have success, but yeah, you don't want to hold the kid back. Right. I think 
there's a couple things there, right? Like you just said, each case is different. Um, it's so important to enjoy your high school experience, to play, to, you know, whatever, be the, 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 the king of the prom and all that stuff. So if you can be that kind of big fish in a small pond, like have at it, I think it's great. And I think there's a lot of coaches, especially here in New England, that whether they're in public schools or Catholic schools, that have retained and and held guy, you know, kept guys in house for freshman, sophomore, maybe junior year, and then they've looked at repeating and going to a prep school. And I think you know, coaches that promote that and say, "Hey, come here, and and you know, let's win a state championship. Let's go, and and I'm going to develop you, and you're going to have a great experience." We talked to Kevin Rooney about it, right? Like guys like that, um, and that stuff's still going on in certain places. So I think you you know you have to kind of manage that as a coach. You don't have to lock guys in and say like, "Hey, you have to come here and stay for all four years." Like if you have some some high end type kids, and you know you want to tell them like, hey, let's come here, let's dominate the level and, and you know, stay for two or three years and then I'll help you get into a prep school. Like that's your job as a coach. That's how I see it. The other thing, like you said, handling each each um, kid specifically, right, or, or it's it, individual case, right? So for my son, for example, right, academically for us, we felt that, that moving him from a Catholic school around here to, um, you know, a, a, a boarding school, to a prep school as a freshman was a great fit academically. Athletically, it's obviously very, uh, you know, the Cushing Varsity A team is, is very, very good, right? But we knew that that was going to be a challenge for him to go up there and and play varsity hockey right away. I hope that he eventually is going to, you know, continue to put in the work and get better and play at that level. But it's been a great fit academically for him socially for him living at school maturing and 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 so again like could he have stayed at at his catholic school around here and played and maybe played on the on the top team this year i i would hope to think so um but you know we we made that decision it's you know so far so good it, it's worked out great again athletically and academically the academic piece being the most important and and maturity wise and the work ethic all all those little things have been really really good for for my son so again it's it, you have to i think that's your role as a coach is to sit down and if you have 11 kids in, inquiring like all right let's go over the pros and cons. Where are you at with each one of those kids? It's definitely going to take some time. Um, but you know, the, like, let's go over it. Right. Cause not all 11 of them are going to go, but I can see why some kids are inquiring because it is, a, it's a, the prep school experience is pretty un, unique here in new England. And and it also, you know, the, the, the boarding aspect of it as well. Yeah, no, that's really good stuff. Like personal kind of experience with, uh, with your guys. So I'm, I mean, it is. And you went through it as well, Mots, right? I mean, Ryan was at Duxbury High. Yeah, he was a freshman, and then he transferred to, to Thayer. And, mm-hmm. you know, that academic piece was really important. Um, you, know, you get a little bit more attention, smaller classrooms. Mm-hmm. It's just a different different uh, sense of community on some level uh, from my experience and what they're experiencing now. But, and again, it's not for everyone. It's something that you have to, you know, and, they might not want to be as honest sometimes if they're going to be looking to leave. But I think you as an adult, as a coach would want the best for each player and and moving to another team or another school might not be the best. So you have to kind of evaluate each situation and and do your best to kind of help them and guide them. Right. No, definitely. 
Uh, definitely good stuff. Mach, you want to go into the next one here? Yes. Yeah, so this is my hockey rankings question of the week. Shrinks, looking for some unbiased and non rank affiliated thoughts on our soon to be third year mites. That's 2015 birth year uh, hockey journey. Our rank plays and concentrates on half ice with the mites. Currently, one team at the 14 birth year and one team at the 15 16. My 2015 mite is competitive and plays with the 14 team. This year, the 14s group picked up a approximately 20 competitive full ice games against the talented East Coast Mite AAA full ice teams, which was not something our rank had done in the past. The 14 group is talented, so it was the right time to move for that group. Next year, the 14s move up to squirts, and my 15 might returns for his third year of half ice. There was a huge drop-off in talent when comparing the 14 group with the 15 group and don't think picking up competitive full-ice games will be a priority. What are your thoughts on the options? Number one, stay at the rank and play a third year of half-ice with a huge step back in talent and no real concentration on full-ice. Number two, stay at the rank and play up with the squirts with the 2014 group. You will still be competitive playing up with that group again. Number three, leave the rank for a full ice might program with other 2015s who will be as competitive as the 14 squirts at our rank. Basically, there's three years of half ice for a competitive 2015, a smart move. Thanks for everything you do. It makes uh, 5 a.m. windshield time driving up and down the uh, Delaware, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York highways on Saturdays and Sundays for might hockey enjoyable. And that's from Sticks has is Sticks have eyes. <laughs> I love uh, it. I love it. Uh, good stuff here, right? Uh, I mean, I would say, and we've talked about this quite a bit, but I, I mean, I would, if it was my kid and he seems to be kind of outgrowing the half ice type thing, I would look to either if he can play up. I know a lot of districts don't allow mites to play squirts um but i would look to either you know continue on with that 14 age group or look to a uh you know a 15 team that is going to play full ice hockey i think it's important at that time especially having played it for a while um you know that 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 you start to under this understand the game and positioning and offsides and all all those different things i've kind of argued that that you know, the, the might age group has expanded and we've had, you know, when we were younger, it was like seven and eight year olds were the, were the might age group. And that's like, you, you came out of learn a skate and started playing that. Now you're seeing kids, you know, at four or five years old and that they, they, they do, they have like four years of might hockey. So I think, um, you know, it's almost like the futures and then the, the, then the mites, there's two years of that. So I would look to either staying with the 14 group or, or if there's a 15 group, that's fairly local that you can, um, focus and play full ice games with that would be my decision yeah i mean also you know even at this age to be with the 15s cross ice i don't know if there could be like some type of hybrid situation you know that you can do the half ice i mean the, the cross ice or whatever it is half ice and still get some full ice games maybe in another program or another or maybe get some games, I'm sorry, up with the 14s, full ice, but still mm-hmm. being able to be with your peer group uh, at that age group and, you know, kind of dominate. And if it's totally out of out of whack, then, you know, maybe you can do a full, uh, you know, kind of schedule with that older team. I'm not, I mean, it's, there's a lot of options here. And, right. you know, if you, it's a big decision, I would say, to just leave the rank for full 
ice my program at the 15 level. Um, but if that's like the play, you, you're going to have to weigh them. But I was going to say, if that's your only option. Yeah. I mean, if, because if it's, if it's limited through USA hockey or whatever it is to play, off, which maybe in this district, it's not, I know here in Massachusetts, cause I've fought this battle before that, that, you know, mites can't play up in the squirts. Yeah. That's like one rule. It, it's kind of insane to me because ba- like peewees can play bantams, which that's when checking starts. Yeah. So I find that a little backwards, but, uh, Maybe in this district it's different. I, I I'm not 100 percent sure where he even lives. Obviously, you know, maybe he's a truck driver or something. <laughs> uh, just traveling quite a bit for on the Saturdays and Sundays. But I think that you should just check into that ability to play up, and then and then you're just going to have to weigh your options about moving and playing full ice. If it's that big of a you know discrepancy between your your son and and that 15 group doing the half ice. No. Definitely. All right. Uh, I just recently started listening to your podcast, so I'm not sure if you've covered my topics before. I've been shocked. I'd be shocked if you haven't. My son has been on a AAA team in Charlotte, North Carolina for the past couple of years. He's 13. This season has been especially challenging. The talent gap is quite large. We have had parents screaming about ice time all season long. Our coach has maintained that ice time is earned, which my husband and I fully agree with. He also addressed this at the beginning of the season. Just last week, with only a few weeks to go in the season, the organization fired our coach. With that, my son and three other of our top players resigned from the team. If you could dedicate an entire podcast to the importance of accountability, earned ice time, effort, etc., I would greatly appreciate it. I will happily share it with our organization. Thank you. And that's from Kathy. So, uh, so 13 triple a, um, you know, it's that'd be real hockey in my opinion. Right. Mm-hmm. Getting uh, there. Yeah. There's, there's, there's times where, you know, the so you're talking, you're talking basically oh nines. Yeah. So the, the philosophy and you can speak to this probably cause you're in it, uh, better than I, but I just think this is like where that accountability, you know, the execution, you know, if it's a top, you know, level team then you really do need to you know as a coach hold kids accountable the ice time thing the earned ice time t- thing is i disagree with a little bit where yeah. there's still you should be able to roll some lines and let everyone you know play in different situations until you know there could be a pressure time in the game you know that's right. the coaching that, that should be done right now um disappointing that the coach gets fired you know we don't have any insight into that but um, you know, and you take three players off of that team, and then if there was a, uh, a talent gap to begin with, then you, it's kind of going to be a, a little bit more of a dynamic for the, the remaining people. But at the end of the day, I think that coaching is very important at this age group to be able to, you know, implement all the, the good things that we talk about is that accountability and effort and, you know, making sure you're playing the game the right way. But if it's being coached the right way, then they're going to get more out of it. Um, you know, that earned ice time in spaces, I would say, would be kind of my approach. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's still like a pay-to-play league, right? So, like, everybody should be playing um, in some capacity. And, and yes, you want coaches that that hold everybody accountable that, are, you know, and maybe 
that extra ice time I would say is earned on special teams, right? On foul plays and penalty kills and at the end of a period or at the end of a game when you need a goal or you want to protect a lead, right? But like in terms of, you know, it's hockey, like you have three lines, um, you know, maybe being in, 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 um, North Carolina, they may, maybe they carry four. I don't know, but I would be willing to bet that that this coach wasn't really, you know, ready to play ball and was like, no, I'm holding these. And and he's like benching guys for long stretches at a time, which I don't really agree with at youth hockey. Like I can see it at certain, like you said, in, in certain scenarios and certain times, but for the most part, everybody should be playing. I understand that there's a, a gap, but unfortunately that's just something you have to manage as a coach. And you've got to coach those guys up. Like you're only as good as you, as you, you know, your 15th, 16th, 17th guy, whatever that, that, you know, bottom guy is right. So your job, you're still in a, you know, a development stage here at 13 years old. Like all these kids have to, you know, your job as a coach is to get them better. So, uh, you know, I, I just don't, I don't really know. Like, you, you know what Kathy's asking? Like, I see it and you want to coach. Yes. That, that you have to earn things and, and, you know, be out there and, and, and grind and, and put in the work. Right. But there's also like a certain aspect of it where like, Hey, I'm, I'm in South Carolina. Where are they again? North Carolina, North Carolina. You're, you're in Charlotte, right? You're in. So it's like, I've played in those leagues. I was down in Atlanta for, for a while and they you know, they're probably the travels still probably pretty extensive. So like, you're going to go to say Atlanta for a weekend and, and a kid's just going to ride the pine for three games. Like that's a lot of travel to, mm. to not, get much ice time uh that can be pretty frustrating it's not college or prep school or 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 professional hockey it's still youth hockey yeah now i mean that 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 balance i think is right around this age for being for being a coach to but like you what you said is like that earned ice time is the is the specialty teams and late in a period looking for a goal defending a lead you know those are the things that but that, that is earned um, so that that, that be, stuff turned right, but yeah. the, the normal like you you're not gonna just start a, a a game and be like, all right, these two lines are going. Yeah, we're, we're gonna we're gonna mix you guys in. Yeah, we'll mix you guys in. Like, get you a shift a period, right? Like, because he I've seen it even at the high school levels, guys sit and you know uh, again where like there's a paid that's a paid coach, a guy that's getting you know he he's gonna be there and and those guys uh, you know his job is to go win games and. It, guys sit on the bench for an entire game. Like what good is that? Like what, at the end of the day, we're about developing hockey players and getting them better. Like I still don't even agree with that at the high school age group, which is, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18. Uh, so at 13 to just sit guys out the entire time. And again, that maybe that isn't the case, right? Maybe, maybe this guy's spot on and he's kind of doing exactly what we're saying about giving, you know, those, those yeah. guys that are earning things, special teams, and maybe the program didn't agree with it. So, if that is the case, then hey, you know, if you feel that the coach is 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 really good, and you know, unfortunately, these kids left the team, but I'm sure you'll find a home somewhere else. And this guy, if he does do a good job, he'll uh, you know he'll catch on with another program, and you guys will, I'm sure, follow him. Yeah. Well, thanks for tuning in, Kathy. Appreciate it. Get the next one here. Good good afternoon, guys. By thank you for your service. I spent ten years in LE between part time and full time. Law enforcement. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for the uh, the <laughs> translation. <laughs> I was looking at it like Lee. 
<laughs> and uh, ended up hanging it up for my family. I just got done listening to the Coach Muse interview. What is your experience, review, take on USA Hockey's Intelligym, and what age would be good to get started using it? Um, honestly, Mott, I don't know a ton about that Intelligym. I've, I've seen some brief little clips about it. Uh, I would say that probably 12, 13 would be a good age group for for that. Uh, you know, I know some other guys that do some different hockey IQ programs, and I think that stuff's great. Like for for you know any type of video review, watching games, trying to learn more about it, see things on the ice. Like we talk about watching hockey all the time. You know, it, it definitely can't hurt you. No, in my yeah, I, I don't have a ton of experience with it either, but I would say that anything to kind of stimulate the mind around hockey, get them thinking hockey, right? Yeah, it, it, it's only going to help. Um, mm-hmm. some kids will take to it more and maybe get some, some more, uh, you know, value out of it. But I just think, uh, yeah, like a 12, 11, 12, 13 is, is like a really like kids are sponges in my opinion. So that, that would be probably the time I would probably introduce the intelligent, but, uh, and again, I haven't, I haven't used it. I haven't seen it, but anything that can, you know, like I said, stimulate that hockey brain i'm I'm all for it yeah no absolutely uh Mots, we were lucky to be joined briefly by the assistant coach at northeastern uh who's coming off a beanpot title jason guerrero this week uh you know he he joined us for about 15 20 minutes which we really appreciate his time obviously he's you know his phone was blowing up with tsn and nhl network and nesson and you, you name the coverage they were trying to get a hold of him, but he took some time to uh, to talk with us about the Beanpot Championship and also some other, you know, different things. His coaching philosophy. So I think it's time we send it over to him. So a little, little, you know, bonus interview this week. Again, it's not too long. We are a mailbag episode, but uh, I, I think everybody, Mots and you'd agree would uh, would really like this this brief conversation with Jason Guerrero. Like we said, assistant coach at Northeast, and I played against him. Was a was a heck of a player. Yeah, great guy, really, really great cro- coach. And some of the things that he mentions in this uh, you know, short interview uh, or chat um, are very valuable. So hope you enjoy. All right, now next guest on the Rink Shrinks podcast, we are pleased to be joined by assistant coach at Northeastern, a Beanpot champion as of last night, Jason Guerrero. Welcome to the show, buddy. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me on. Um, I didn't stay out late night last night, so I'm 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 clear eyed and ready to go. I was gonna say you're looking really good for winning a championship last night. Yeah, hair doesn't move. It's at five a.m. p.m. seven p.m. It's still that same little comb over. I'm good. Well, I saw you walking around the concourse before the game, you know, while the BCBU game was going on, and, and I'm like, this guy could still be playing. He's all ripped up. The head looks great. He's he's cleanly shaven. I mean, it's unbelievable. He's got the A suit on. Yeah, my, it's well, my wife keeps me in shape morning and night. She makes me weigh in, so keeps me honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's all about that accountability. That's great. Uh, well, let's talk, you know, quickly. We have you for, for you know, not a not a ton of time here, but we're super excited. Obviously, uh, you know, how fired up are the boys? Obviously, it was a, it was a cool way to uh you know to go out great game harvard northeastern uh could have gone either way the first period was an absolute battle and you know things were getting physical late i just want to let you know that mots owes me 15 push-ups because i had i had nu for the win mots had to go with harvard because we had you know we had to i, I kind of called you guys early we'll say that 
Nice, nice. Did, did you? Did we do the fifteen push-ups yet, or no? Not yet. I got to work out to be able to do those. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you got to train for those. Yeah, like fifteen throughout the day, so you can do five yeah. now, five later. Yeah, I got it. Perfect. Yeah, <laughs> three just, sets. Three yeah, sets. We're, we're all in the same boat. Um, yeah, that that you know what? I don't think that game. Like honestly, I don't think Harvard played their best hockey, but I also like we didn't play our best hockey. I think it was a little bit of nerves, obviously in that first period, it was a lot of, I mean, I think between the two teams, maybe, you know, 12 and four, 26, 27 NHL draft picks. And it just, it was a very tentative game. And that's like, I mean, in that stage, it's the emotions. There's a lot of dump and chase. And you think like, I'm like, man, we got some guys that can handle the puck. And we kind of played that game a little, which is fine. Um, but I, I don't think that both teams played their best hockey, but that's hockey. Yeah, could you talk um, <clears throat> about your approach on, say, developing your players and maybe having a game plan? Because I've talked to Coach Keith about this, and it's something that I've really noticed about retrievals and using the middle of the ice, whether it be on the on the PP or you know neutral zone. I've, I've noticed it a ton on the retrievals. Can you just kind of speak to that from from your side? Yeah, I mean Jerry's huge on the development. You can you can kind of put that in a million different ways, development, right? But like the way we play is. It's just like owning the middle of the ice, um, you know, all the way up through the middle, right? So from your net out, the neutral zone, and obviously in the offensive zone, owning that ice and always coming back through the middle because, you know, things would get a little squirrely at times and just in, in the D zone or even the neutral zone. But if you're hard through the middle and you just keep teams to the outside, and I think a little bit of that was shown in that first game against BU. It's a very talented team. But if you own the middle of the ice and you keep them to the outside, you got a good goalie, those shots from the outside, he'll save. And it's like – yeah, we might have to sort some things out in the D zone a little bit at times, but it's like they're kind of perimeter shots. And I think it's it's kind of just something that Jerry's talked about day one. Like that was the first thing we talked about. And it's kind of that's we got away from that when we were losing some games and we got back to that. And now you can see our success because you got good players. They're going to make plays. But when you take pride in that in the middle of the ice, breaking out pucks um, and just owning it, you know, you can frustrate teams. No, I think that's a great message. Yeah, it's really great because a lot of coaches will err on the side of, you know, just being safe and shoveling your stuff up the wall and <laughs> passing your troubles on where you're going to make some mistakes. And if it's in the middle of the ice, sometimes it can come back to a scoring chance. But consistently being confident to use it, come out of the zone, yeah. zone exits with possession. And, you know, even those like little bumper plays in yeah. the offensive zone, like huge for possession. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, we always say, I mean, you want to try to exit through the middle, right? When your D zone breakouts. I mean, same thing. You're going up the ice. You want to be able to carry the puck up through the middle of the ice. So we own that part of it offensively. But then obviously you don't have it. Just pack it in and work from the middle out. Even when things get screwed, you guys know you guys played. Like, (coughs) it's like, where's my guy? What's going on? Just get back to the middle of the ice and kind of just survey the area and be like, all right, that's my guy now and, and sort it out and buy some time for everybody else. When you touched off on it, it uh, it helps to have a guy like Devon Devin Levi between the pipes. Uh, yeah, just a little bit. So like I, I I do the PK, and everybody's like, oh PK, you know, you're like you're eighth in the country, ninth in the country, and I'm like, well, you know, yeah, we, we our guys are good. Like don't get me wrong, but I was like, it's nice having one of the best goalies in the country too. Like, <laughs> so, but yeah, he, I mean, he's he's legit. We all know that. Um, he started off a little tough in the beginning of the year. Like everybody was kind of scratching their heads a little bit, but he's just so. He's on a different planet, man. He just really is. And just the way he approaches things and his mindset. And, you know, you guys are seeing it now, the way he plays. He's, he's, he's good goalie. 
Well, we were talking about it last night, and we were with you, you know, you know, former teammate Mikey Ryan, and you could see, you know, beginning of the game, like you said, nerves, things like that. But then, as the game went on, and the and the tensions got higher, and thing like he just like dialed in, even right at the end of the game to make that save. Like he knew there was, you know, one or two seconds left, and he's like, "I'm coming out, I'm challenging this thing." Obviously, same thing in the shootout. Like he's he's fantastic, and you can just see him rising to that occasion. And obviously, having the experience playing at the levels that he has, you can you can really see it. Yeah, he's he's a confident kid. It's like even like we, you know, you get to the shootout there, and it's just like, I mean, you don't say it out loud as a coach, but in my head, I'm like, we get to the shootout, we're winning this. Like, and don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, they Harvard's got some talented guys that are going to play for a long time, and there's some skilled players, but I'm like, he's not like we're going to score one, and he might give up one. But I'm pretty sure he's going to stop all of them, and, and sure, sure as not, he did. And I mean, yeah, you you guys see it in the NHL, like you're, every year. It's like, oh, that goalie, you're like look at the goalie. It's like they won. It's like, well, they got Devin Levi. <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts on the bean pot being decided with a shootout? I don't like it, yeah. not at all. Um, I mean, I I get why they did it because the pairwise and all that stuff. But I mean. It was just so much better when it was just let's go, let's play the two a.m. Let's go. <laughs> like I have no problem. I have no problem with the console. Uh, not the console. The first games on Monday, the first four two games, play them out. Mm-hmm. Then you know, last night the consolation game, they don't have to go to their full overtime. Give them the three on three. Let them go to the shootout. Like they don't want to be in that game anyway. I've been that game twice in my four years. Like get me out of here. Um, but then that final game, I think it should be. Let's go. Let's play till the sun comes up the next morning if we have to. So, but and people will say, "Well, it's not fair. You guys won." It's like we didn't make the rules northeastern. We're just playing too, so we won. We won. But yeah, both teams had to play. Yeah, I, I but I, I but I would rather play it out. Absolutely, all yeah. the way. No, that's we're saying even like five on five. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. That's like the the way you want to win a championship at times. But you know, it was exciting. Like so, we were talking about that, and we had a bunch of kids. You know, uh, BYs kids and a whole gaggle of you know dot mixed, rats yeah so we uh but like it was so exciting for them to, to see them be excited for like the overtime three on three a bunch of chances and then the the shootout you know oh, that's a high, high drama high stress that's high stress you're not kidding like as a player you're just like whatever but as a coach i'm like like sitting on there calm and cool but i'm like i might i might pass out right now get <laughs> my pass out like it's going back and forth breakaways and the funny thing was that the, the little tiny kid borghese Mm-hmm. He uh he had that breakaway right and he misses so the day before we play um Monday or or Sunday we practice and we always do juice boys so if you score you're out and if you lose you know everybody piles up and you're the loser so Borghese lost juice boy the day before the game and he <laughs> no. gets the breakaway and I'm like this is perfect he's gonna score and then he didn't score and then after it's just kind of funny and I'm like thank God you scored man because I would have like. But whatever. But it was just funny that he lost Juice Boy and then didn't score in the breakaway. But oh, that's hilarious! Uh, I don't think there was anybody that that you know you want to talk about the weight on the world on your shoulders. I, I, I Barry McDonough was sitting close by us. Aiden's father, who's obviously you know had a hell of a career for you guys, and ends up scoring uh, the goal in the shootout. But you know the poor guy. I'm like, I'm like Barry. You need a you need a cold one, buddy. Here you go, type of thing. <laughs> You need to you need to thank God that's over. Like it, it, it was, you know, you, you feel bad. Obviously, not feel bad. You felt so happy for him once it once it happened. But everybody, there's, you know, parents. It's like you see it. It looks like a, it looked like a squirt game. You know what I mean? Parents just stressed out, pulling yeah. their hair out. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 crazy. Like you just, I guess, like as a player, you don't really just play, right? But as a coach and parents, like 
I mean, I got little kids that play. I mean, he's playing like you ate hockey and I'm like, and I'm like, what am I doing right now? Like, you know, but I can only imagine as the levels get higher and, and is, you know, there's more skin in the game that it becomes that much more stressful and emotions, you know, rise. Um, so, but it's, that's human nature. Yeah. Yeah. Aiden McDonough's having, you know, a good year. He's a good kid. Uh, you know, the family, like BYU was saying, but just to see him, you know, rise to that occasion coming in and, you know, he was like the only one that came in with speed. So like mm-hmm. I was telling BY last night, we would have shootouts for the kids and I would have them do two, right? One as creative as they want, nice and slow and see if they can score. And then, you know, you know, with some speed and some pace and I would ask the goalies, which one was tougher. And, you know, you just go from there. And a lot of the times the goalie said it was tougher to, you know, have someone coming in full speed yeah. with a deke or shot, whatever. So uh, just interesting that the approaches that you you see. You know, I agree. Uh, I agree with that. And there's nothing wrong. Like, I think you come with speed, but you can always slow down. Right. Like, right. You come with speed, then you pause a little bit and maybe you make a move. But I'm not a big fan of like just slow and stick. Like, I mean, yeah, no, uh, I mean, you're not Patrick Kane. You're not Pashtunak. Like, I, I get it. Those guys are, you know, a different breed. But like, everybody's just sticking on the goalie's just sitting there like this. Like, what are you doing? But like, you come with speed. He's got to respect that. And, and even McDonough, when he shot that too, like, I mean, he just muscled that. Through. He muscled it through hundred like, percent right through. It wasn't like it went just over lower block. He went blocker, but speed backed him up. He's backing up. And when you're a goal scorer, you're a goal scorer. So you find yeah. a way. Well, I want to talk about you really quick. Obviously we played against each other uh, quite a bit, but you're a recent inductee into the uh, Northeastern university hall of fame. I, I, I actually can't believe that they put you in before Joe Santilli. Um, <laughs> That's that's a little surprising just by, you know, the way he warmed up and his saucer passes and chirps and things like that. But, you know, I, I did want to congratulate you. Obviously, it was really cool, especially being back. You've had a, a you know great career as a college player and then in the minor leagues and in Europe. And then obviously co- getting into coaching and Holy Cross and Yale and Brown for a number of years and now back at the alma mater. So how cool was that to get into the Hall of Fame and kind of that transition back into, uh, you know, St. Batolph Street? Yeah, I mean, it was funny. It was I was getting uh, I was getting crap from a bunch of buddies. They're like, "Oh, you got the job at Northeast. So what'd you tell them you're only going to go if you got inducted to the Hall of Fame?" <laughs> it's like, it's like you can't just say like, "Hey, good job, congrats." <laughs> you know? Hey, that's the hockey player mentality, right there. I know. I was like, "Yeah, thanks, guys." Like, uh, no, it's pretty cool. Like, it was. I mean, one is just getting back here to like I always wanted to get back here as a coach, right? Um, didn't matter. I, I just knew it would take time. It's a it's a timing thing, luck, you know, a little bit of that. But obviously, paid my dues. You know, some people say like, oh, you got lucky. And it's like, it's not really luck. I kind of, I mean, I paid my dues as a player. You know, I worked hard as a player and you get that recognition as a player and you play a little bit after um, and kind of just work my way up, you know, and then, you know, you do something right and someone likes you. And I knew, I knew Jerry a little bit, but I didn't really know him, you know, like it wasn't mm-hmm. like, you know, a lot of these coaching jobs now, it's like, they, they just know right away, like, cause it's my buddy. Um, but you know, I, I didn't I didn't blink an eye when they when they asked me to come. And then obviously the Hall of Fame thing. It was pretty funny though, the Hall of Fame thing. So I got rumors that the job was opening up and Coach Madigan, Jim Madigan called me and I'm like, Oh, he's and he's obviously A D now, but he he called me and I knew that Jerry was going to offer me the job, but didn't know it wasn't confirmed. Madigan called me and I'm thinking it's gonna be about the job, but he immediately just says, Hey, you're gonna be inducted to the Hall of Fame. I was actually mad that I was getting inducted into the Hall of Fame because I thought I was getting offered the Northeastern coaching job, but I didn't bring it up to Madigan. I just was like, 
Oh, oh, this is okay. awesome. Yeah, yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, okay, like not even thinking about it. And then the conversation ended, and I was like, what the? And I, <laughs> But then I got the call from Jerry later that day saying, hey, do you want the job? And I'm like, oh, thank God. Like, it's about the Hall of Fame thing. But anyway, it's, it's a great honor. But I play with some great players there at Northeastern, too. Like, Mikey Ryan deserves a lot of credit, man. He's a hell of a player. Yeah. Mike Morris, I mean, Joe, Joe Santilli, of course. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> good, good in the locker room. We'll yeah, yeah, he just throws sauce and he doesn't need to. Joe, just pass me a puck. <laughs> Five feet from me, just give it to me. I'm not giving it back. Just give it to me. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. No, but it's 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 been awesome being back. My wife went here. It's it's cool. I didn't have to move. I live in Needham. It just all worked out. Let's see. Let's yeah. save some gas money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a trip down to Brown every day. It was like 80 miles round trip. Whew. <laughs> And we had one of your fellow, uh, you know, coaching staff members from Yale, Dan Muse, on a couple uh, episodes ago, and he was talking about just like learning from different coaches, and you know, you've been in it for quite a bit, you know. So you take pieces and parts of what you like and kind of mm-hmm. cu- customize it into your own approach. Um, are there any, you know, coaching influences that you kind of can lean on, you know, consistently? Yeah, I mean, the coaches, some of the coaches, I mean, you can appreciate this, you guys, like some of the coaches that you played for uh, as a player, there's things that I took from. So like Lane Lambert, who coached me when I was in Milwaukee, he's now head coaching uh, for the Islanders. Um, He's been a big influence and help um, with like little things like so running the PK is a guy that I reach out to kind of kept in touch with him. Um, Yeah, you you were you were more of an offensive guy. Yeah, but we you know what the crazy thing is. Like, I actually enjoy doing the penalty kill more mm. than the power play because it's like you know. I mean, Mach, you can appreciate this. Like, you, it's like okay, like I'm a power play type guy, but now I'm on the PK and I'm like, all right, this is what they're looking for. Yeah. Like, going yeah. here, if he doesn't have this, this is what they're looking for. Like, so it's it's kind of fun. Yeah. Um, because I've done the power play for the last twelve years, and it's the first year to do a PK, and I was a little like stressed at the beginning, but I was like, actually, I kind of enjoy this more. Um. But the one guy that I think that I, I give a lot of credit to are two guys. Paul Pearl started my career as a coach, and he's a hell of a coach, great human being. Um, you know, he kind of showed me the ropes in the beginning there. And then definitely Keith Elaine. That guy is like, he's he an always. ace. Yeah, he's an ace. He's a loyal, loyal, loyal guy. He's tight-knit, like his group. Um, but, like, he, like, holds you accountable. Every question he asks you, like as a coach, like he he like already knows the answer, but he wants to see how you're gonna like present it and how you're gonna say it to the team. Um, he he was good, man, and I just I just like I, I'm a very loyal guy, and he's so loyal, and he's he's just a guy that I give a lot of credit to, and obviously he's you know three Olympic, you know he's coached three Olympics, you know, the NHL like world junior teams, men's national teams, like he obviously is a grizzled vet, so I give I give him a lot of credit. And, and believe it or not, the guy that I learned a lot from, too, um, with the penalty kill is Jason Smith that's still at Brown that was here at Northeastern. Mm-hmm. He just does his job quiet, stays under the radar, um, but very knowledgeable. Um, doesn't, like, you know, he's not on social media, like, look at me and playing politician, but does his job, and, and he's he knows what he's doing, and I have a lot of respect for that. No, that's great stuff. Obviously, uh it's you know really cool to to see you back and and behind the bench and back in in, in northeast and it's uh it's it's really awesome but i wanted to touch base about and and ask this question too just because we have a lot of younger listeners and, and parents and things and it's like what do you look for in terms of like when you're recruiting like what age does that start and what do you what type of player 
in personality you looking for that that you know is kind of non-negotiable items yeah i mean you start watching i mean obviously there's a lot of ncaa rules right i think you guys might be familiar with that so you can't mm -hmm. start talking to kids until they're you know, their sophomore year, January 1, you can't offer them until August 1 of their sophomore year going into their junior year. But you'll start watching the kids at like U14. I won't go out of my way, uh, but you'll have an idea. Uh, but that U15 level is where you start like, okay, you need to have an idea of these guys because they start turning the age where you start talking to them in January. So that U15 age. But the way it is now, like obviously everybody wants like these skilled players. I, I get it. Everybody wants talented players. But if you cannot compete, and play heavy, you will not survive in this game. Like, it's just, I, it's, it, we talk about it every day. Got to play hard, got to play heavy. Like, and if you don't, I don't care if you're a first, second round, third round guy, if you're not going to compete and play hard, like, it's just, you're not going to survive. And you see mm -hmm. with some of the games of some of our guys that, you know, some really good, talented players. And it's just like, hey, you got to be heavier. You got to be, you got to puck battles. Like, that's, like, that's the first thing I'm starting with where it's like, Cherry will be like, hey, does a kid compete? I'm like, yep, he competes. Now we move on and say, okay, he's got talent. I mean, yeah, of course I want a guy that can play like Mike and, <laughs> and, and play forever and see the ice. But, like, I also want a guy like that that is going to be a prick, you know, mm -hmm. and have a little bit of a bite to his game. Because if you don't, I mean, you got to think about, like, the, some of the games that you play. Like, you play against, like, Wool. It's like it's a war zone. Mm -hmm. like, you got to play heavy. Everybody's older. That's college hockey. You want to go, why is Mankato always in the top? you know, ranked team. It's because they're heavy, they're hard. And, you know, to play at the next level, you got to, you, that's what you got to do. Like a guy like Aiden McDonough, like late draft pick, he is a great college player, goal scorer, but he plays hard and heavy. And that's what he's going to be at the next level. Right. Like, right. He's going to have to realize, like, he knows that, you know, there's the far in between of like those guys, the Poshinox, the Kings and all these guys, Crosby, but the, the, like I wish I wasn't five six and a skill guy. I wish I was six two and just played heavy. I could have played a lot longer than I played <laughs> for five six years. You know, like, but it's just that is a big component of what not just myself, other college coaches and recruiters would say is like we're looking for that 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 compete all the all the time. It's like a non negotiable. Your effort and your attitude, non negotiables. Um, and then obviously you're looking for you know guys that can see the ice and those other little intangibles. But yeah. Yeah, and in playing heavy doesn't mean you have to be six two. No, nope. you know it's just stopping on pucks, competing the right way. You can use your head to to win puck battles as well. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was trying to stress all the time. It's like <clears throat> once you say you both compete, they think they have to nope. try and blow yep. someone up. You know, no. And it's just being, you know, consistently the effort number one, and then just using your head, using your skill, like to pick a puck, you know, out of a skate or you know eat a puck, whatever the compete is but just that that mentality is is what you're talking about like it starts there yeah like don't you just don't be denied right yeah. you know that, I, I say heavy and like yeah i think like the listeners might think like oh i gotta go run someone over it's like no i mean heavy is like you know mott's rims the puck around the wall and because he, he has to he can't hit middle pocket and it rims around the wall and the d's coming down i mean being heavy by boxing out mm -hmm. make a play underneath to the center and we're out of the zone like guys make millions of dollars of just doing that on the wall like exactly. just that right there, just winning that little battle on the wall, protecting it. That's being heavy in my mind. And being like another part of it is too, is like always being a playmaker. It doesn't mean making that pass to make a, the goal or the second assist. Like we talk about our D, like being a playmaker, just being ready for like being the underneath guy to get the and hit out the weak side, like be a playmaker, always be ready and expecting the puck. But yeah, heavy doesn't mean running around. Like 
I mean, how many big hits were in that game last night? Maybe McDonough threw the one, maybe? Yeah, the one, yep. I mean, other than that, I, yeah, the heavy is, like, being good on the walls and being strong, puck battles in front of the net, like the little things um, that goes a long way that coaches see. Oh, absolutely. Well, this uh, this has been great. We're going to have to, you know, get you for, for a much longer interview to dive into your career and then also, you know, a lot of really, really good coaching points and recruiting points and things like that. So we thank you for taking the time. Obviously, congratulations. You couldn't do it as a player, but you're back first year. <laughs> You got the bean pot under the belt. We saw you sliding in front of the. You, you looked like you were the, the the goalie holding the bean pot when the tro- when the when the pitcher time came. I was too excited. It is what it is. <laughs> I was excited. I was a kid at candy store. It is what it is. Uh, that's so good though, Jason. Yeah, and congrats on that and continued success. Uh, we watching you know down the stretch here into the playoffs and into the NCAA. So best of luck the rest of the way. Awesome. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. We'll see you soon. <laughs> All right, that interview was brought to you by Cross Country Mortgage. We are in a purchase market right now. Devo and the team at Cross Country Mortgage has options and strategies to provide buyers with lower monthly payments. It's a great time to buy a home, especially if you're renting, so it's time to give Devo a call and chat with him about why home ownership makes sense for you. Uh, Again, it's a purchase market and a great time to buy. Give him a follow on Instagram, at CrisDevinCCM. For more information, his website, chrisdevin.com, where you can schedule a time for a call with him, Cross Country Mortgage, LLC, NMLS, 47305. Make sure you check out our boy, Devo. He's a great person, number one, but he's doing a lot of great stuff on Instagram, so give him a follow at chrisdevinccm. And All right, that, that was pretty cool with that, yeah. Jason, right? Yeah, yeah, no, it was really good. Uh, it was good to... to catch up with him obviously we ran you know i ran into him in the concourse before the game and i'm like dude you win you're coming on the shrink so you know get it done get it done and uh now he it was you know really cool of him to join us and they're doing a great job at northeast and congrats congrats to the huskies on on taking down the bean pot title yeah no it was a great game and you know just to have a little perspective like what goes on in that locker room and what they're trying to stress and then you're watching it it's um it's pretty cool to match that up and owning the uh, middle of the ice is something that is so important. And I really enjoyed that approach because it does take, you know, some confidence as a player to use the middle of the ice, but if the coaches are encouraging it, it's not going to happen all the time. So you got to execute, you got to be good and playing heavy and playing strong. Like I compete, you know, everything he he talked about for what he looks and looks at for a player, like does he compete? And then they move on from there. Right. So that, those are some great messages from uh, from Jason. We appreciate him taking the time. And it's 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 very before we get to the mailbag question. It's very relatable even at the at the younger age groups. This weekend, for example, at at my 2011 age group, like I had a kid that normally plays some center. Um, he was playing the wing, and he back checked his butt off, and and instead of he kind of veered off to the wing because now he's thinking like, oh, I need to to go to my position, yeah. right? And instead of just coming back to the house and funneling back to, to the middle of the ice and he was in the spot and kind of veered away. And we ended up, it was like, bing, bang, you know, it wasn't the kid's fault, but there was something I stressed after the game, right. At, at, you know, these kids are 2011. It's like, guys, we back check, we come back to the house and then, you know, kind of sort things out from there and, and, you know, worry about getting to the positions when we get to, the puck and, and, and gain possession. But if there's still a battle going on, like it doesn't matter what position you play, 
get back to the middle of the the uh, the, the ice. And it was uh, it was you know it's even like that's something that's still being stressed, and that's something that you can you know I can relate to my kids. Like, hey, don't feel like you made a mistake. These kids that are playing Division One college hockey, the best you know, like he said what was that 20 something kids that are drafted? Like those kids are still making the same mistakes. So it's just something that as soon as you can, you know, really make that a habit, the better off player that you're going to be. So starting it young for coaches out there is, is really important. Yeah. You know, it's so valuable. I mean, you want to exit through the middle of the, the ice. You want to defend the middle of the ice. And, you know, we talk about it a lot, even, you know, when we're coaching, but just to have that consistent message and, you know, what Jason said, coach Keith, coach Jerry Keith. That was from day one. That's what he wanted yeah. to do. And they got away from it, and they didn't have some success. They got back to it and got back on the winning way. So definitely pays dividends when you you know, have the, the correct message. You, you know, expect, you know, guys to make mistakes at times, even with the puck. But more often than not, you're going to have possession coming out of the zone. Even offensively, using that middle of the ice, it's it's very important. So I um I really enjoyed that that little chat we had with him. No, it was great. We'll have to get him on and talk longer with him for sure about it. He was a great player. So really, uh, you know, he was not a big guy, like like he said, five, six in stature, but he could play, man, I'll tell you. And had a great career. I know he won a, you know, a Calder Cup in Mil- Milwaukee, I believe it was. And it was, uh, and he's been on this coaching journey for a while. But all right, let's get back into the mailbag. I have a January 2015 that is midway through his first year of might hockey after doing a number of learn to play and development camps last year. Our might team ranks kids by class slash ability from highest to lowest red, white, then blue. My son is tall, strong and borderline red, white player before tryouts, but he was placed on the blue team because it was his first year of organized hockey. It has turned out well for him as he is building a ton of confidence and is one of the studs on his team. They have a really good mix of big seven, eight-year-olds that are fast and push the pace of play, and then some younger kids that are learning. My question is regard to next is regarding to next year. He is he is already one of the biggest and fastest on his team and very aggressive. But the other kids like him are moving up to squirt next year, and he'll have another year of might. Do we push him to a higher level of competition and have him try out for the red team? where he will be middle of the pack in terms of skill, or should we have him finished out his last year of might on a white team and let him continue to build confidence? Any suggestions? And that's from Jeff in North Dakota. Nodak. Uh-huh. Um, Big farm boy future um, yeah. you know, North Dakota. What, what's their mascot? The Fighting Sioux anymore. The Fighting Sioux, yeah. Geez, how could I not think of that? No, they. or maybe it is still the Fighting Sioux. I'm not sure, but, but they had to change the uh, – Yeah the logo but um you know we talked about this a little bit earlier in this in yeah. this uh, episode but i i mean i like the approach where it's like hey middle of the pack in terms of skill you know if he's getting pushed that's never gonna hurt mm-hmm. if you're in the middle of the pack and you're gonna continue to get better and again we don't know the kind of the guidelines out in north dakota but if it is a USA hockey situation, then most likely you can't play up, right? Right. Well, I think that they were looking at, at you know, keeping them in the white, which is basically like that middle of the road team. Mm-hmm. Um, so trying out for the white team or, you know, trying oh, but they're to. They're all the same within the might. Category. Yeah, they would stay within the mites. There would be some 14s that are, that are definitely moving up. But my suggestion, I would say, is, is you know, if he's. 
if he slots in and makes the red team and is kind of middle of the road and and you know look how much he's developed this year i think playing against the the better competition at you know next year all those 15s will be a little bit older and stronger and faster along with your son i think it'd be a good for him you know what i mean yeah. again you can hold him back like there's no harm in it right but if you you know give him a little push see how he um see how he he reacts to it right see how he develops and if it's you know he continues to progress and get better especially being a big strong kid then i think you know playing on that red team being you know starting out the year as kind of the middle of the road guy you you never know where he's going to end up by the end of the season yeah i think that's that's great i mean if you you don't want him to be over his head though right so if there's a huge gap in you know like the the play between the the red and the white um you know cuz you can lose confidence too but middle right. of the road is perfect. If if that's where you think he's slotted, then I would say definitely try out for that team try and, and give it his all, and you know see where we'll see where it goes. But you just have to be careful of you know giving him too much. Like if his if he is over his head, he's going to lose confidence and maybe not uh, develop as much as if he was on that white team. But middle of the road is I think a, a very appropriate spot for a kid that's looking to get better. Yeah, sounds like Jeff uh, has got a good approach to yeah. things, and I think his his son will uh, enjoy it either way. So what do you say about the next one? Hey, guys. I am an architect, hockey dad, and hockey coach. I've had the pleasure of designing many ranks throughout the Midwest. All the ranks I have designed have been local youth ranks. My question is, as coaches and or players, what are your top five must-haves that you look for in any rank to consider it to be a great rank in one you would want to return to in the future. Thanks and keep buzzing. Oh, there you go, Mott. Uh Five things. Jeez. You want me to – I can well, think of a couple here. You got any off the top of your head? Well, right off the top as a like a player, I mean, hot water in the shower. <laughs> I mean, a good water pressure and hot water. Yeah. It's a bonus. Yeah, it has to be. Um, I would say for you want to think. I I, I got a couple. One? I got okay. yeah. Um, I would say a you know this can go both ways, but a solid bar slash restaurant, um, good snack bar. Yeah, you know, with with good coffee for the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's always helpful, right? To 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 know you can get a decent snack or grab a slice of pizza or a pretzel or whatever it is after the game, maybe some healthy options. You can sprinkle those things as well. Um, so I that's always a nice touch to have a restaurant. Yeah. If, it's you, a nice, if you have the room, if you have the room, it's a nice touch. Um, the other thing that I'll say, and maybe this cause I'm, I'm, I'm still numb from the weekend, but having some heat yeah. is always nice. Like when you're not, that cold and i i get it i mean most drinks are, are freezing cold but if it's somewhat like tolerable it's nice to 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 not freeze your your buns off you know so this is an architect who's designed uh and you know there could be some other stuff that from like management side of the rank mm. edging the 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 ice yeah you know that, that's just attention to detail making sure the ice is you know, taking pride in your job pretty much, you know, and the locker rooms are clean, you know, like washed down, not just picked up. Um, I got, I got good locker rooms. Yeah. Right. Like that, a big, good locker rooms. Yeah. Uh, 
How about this one? Good doors on the bench. Oh, yeah. Like Reinforce not, those hinges. There's nothing worse than being a coach on the bench and you're, you're fighting with that that thing, whatever it is, handle. The latch. The latch. Like battling with that and is a complete nightmare for yeah. a coach. Like you got kids that are trying to get off, kids that are trying to get on. You're getting run over. Like you need a good latch. You need yeah. a good latch. So that's that. That to me, especially game management, is very important. And uh, the only the only other thing. So I, I think I did. So I got you know, bar, snack bar, restaurant, right? Some heat, good locker rooms, um, good doors on the bench. And then I would say, especially as you know, for us, right? As nice coaches. Cool. Uh, no, as like, like, let's say that we were going to play there. Yeah. Uh, nice clean showers, bathrooms, you yeah. know, with, um, you know, cleanliness, having a nice bathroom, having a nice hot shower after a game that you can hang out and tell war stories in is, uh, you know, some hooks where you can actually hang up your towel. Like those things go, go a long way for the player. Yeah. Um, I would say as far as design, if you know again you, you might people might want to cut corners at times but just having the flat metal stands is like it's tough you know yeah you know if you could have fold down seats that i mean i'm this is like nitpicking a bit but elevated you know seats or even just uh say plastic benches that you know don't you know have the uh the freezing uh when you know you're sitting down on like you know people have like blankets and stuff but whatever you know parent wants to sit down on you know like this cold you know metal yeah. so i wouldn't an elevated seating arrangement of some sort somewhere i got know? one foot so this ship's pump but one thing that i think is a complete nightmare is that up above hang where you're like over the rink that all the parents think that they can stand like their their voice, they're they're on top of the rink. Like I hate that design. If you're gonna have it up there, put glass in front of it, so the parents. <laughs> I, I know can't what yell. you're talking about. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So the parents can't be yelling and screaming and little Johnny looking up at them. So it's either you you either get a nice you know fan set up right, like like you just said stands where everybody's kind of sitting down. Yeah. Or if you're gonna do the glass, the you know the 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 hand railing up top. Get glass or something in front of it, so you still you can still view things, and you're not looking through the mesh, right? Because looking through the mesh, That's, I hate, yeah. right? But glass that goes up, so it blocks the parents' voices. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. Think of how much. So, so as a referee, yeah. No, I think you're onto something. Are, are eliminated even when parents stand down below on the glass. Yeah. It it. The referees and the coaches and the players can't hear them. Right. You know what I mean? Which makes your job as a coach a hell of a lot easier. So that that's something as an architect. Let's 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 build a rink with this guy. I know. This is great. Well, and then another thing, when you walk in I nice mean, offices would be good. Yeah, but they you know, this it goes into management, but it's all part of it. Like a a, a rink that's wired for wi-fi or whatever because there's some rings that you get zero service in oh dude nightmare and then watch walking in and 
having the the locker rooms and the schedule set up that that's mm-hmm. a home run for the some of the nicer ranks that you know for the kids they can look at it and find their way you know yeah um, i would think i i would so i'm going glass around so you can't hear but that also as a parent if you're standing up top like i was at belmont hill the other day like really cool nice new rink but if you stand up top on that platform they have for protection you have the netting right yeah. so it's as a parent or a fan, right? I hate looking through the netting. Me too. Watching the game. Like I want to be able to, so, but if there was glass there, I'd be good and I'd be warm. Yeah. Cause I'm basically inside. Yeah. You might be onto something. I don't know. Probably be expensive. <laughs> we'll have to uh, have this architect, hockey dad, hockey coach reach back out. I know. I'm trying to think of if there's anything else. A little hot tub, cold tub action. <laughs> yeah. Now that they, Steam we, room, we, sauna. We spend a whole episode on yeah. this. Steam, know? sauna, nice bathrooms. A little, uh, uh, little kitchenette area for the chef. Make sure, yeah, solid rink steak. The Wi-Fi thing that you said is big. Yeah. Just, just wire it, you know. Just wire it up. Good sound system. Sound system, yeah, huge. Good sound system's always key. This is a good one. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Thinking. It does. It really does get you thinking. Um, there's some new rinks out there that are really cool, too. I heard, you know, some college rinks that are putting in, so it was really uh, good stuff. All right. What do we got next here? We, 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 we're caught up in this one. Uh, there. Okay, next one here from Miggy. There is a lot of pressure for kids to be – on the ice during the off season regarding squirts slash peewees, I recommend putting the bags away after the season and doing other activities. If parents slash hockey directors are pushing for kids to be on the ice all summer, how many days per week slash month should these younger guys be on the ice um, in the off season? That's from Miggy. Yeah, Miggy. Miggy, Miggy, Miggy. Can't you see? Sometimes this one just hypnotizes me. So squirts, peewees, um, you know, so like you already have the, you know, the the good approach on putting the bag away, but, you know, we talked about this quite a bit. Programs offer more ice, charge more, you know, it's it's another way for some uh, revenue stream. Yep. So uh, a couple days a week, one day a week for early summer. I mean, if, if even if that. Mm-hmm. And then, then you can sprinkle in, you know, a couple and ramp up a little bit. But I just think four times a month in like the the heat, you know, the height of the off season, um, is is fine, you know, right for like two months or whatever. Everyone's different, but I do some kids, you know, are rink rats and love to be on, but you got to pull them back, make sure they're not overworking their muscles. That you want them to be good during the season, like during the hockey season. And right. um, you can keep keep shop playing street hockey, doing other activities, staying active. But you know, getting on the ice once a week, you know, it could still be a stretch. But uh, just for you know a brief amount of time, you know, you, you could completely go off. You know, for a month, I mean, right. more. Yeah, I mean, I think definitely getting away. We've talked about this quite a bit. Getting away from it, playing other sports is huge. Once that summertime hits, say like mid, you know, after July Fourth, right? If you're, if you can do it, um, and also you know work around some vacations and getting to the beach and doing all those little things. Like if you can get on the ice 
a couple times a week and do, you know, for, for like six, seven weeks, I think that's a, a you know, like working on skills, not yeah. just playing games, I think is valuable. Uh, that's something that you, you and I have talked about quite a bit at that square peewee age group. Like, I think, you know, just to stay in it, if the kid wants to do it, like if he wants to shut it down completely, like shut it down completely. But if you're, you know, you, you can get him on the ice and do a little camp clinic, whatever it may be for, for six, seven weeks, a couple days a week that doesn't cost too much money. Uh, or maybe it's offered by the program. Like, I think there's some value in that. You know what I mean? I think you can, you can get better. You can work on your skills, get more and more comfortable on the ice. Um, but just, you know, make it valuable. It doesn't have to be going to five different tournaments. Right. Like you're going to get a lot more out of that, that five, six week set, you know, that six, seven week session of a couple days a week, getting on the ice, working on your skills, working on your hands, working on power skating, those type of, the, those type of things are, are, are important. Maybe sprinkle in a week long camp over in Nantucket if you're interested um, or some, some stuff, you know, that, that, you know, D skills that, that we're doing, well, whatever it takes. Right. <laughs> right exactly. <laughs> Love the plug. But appreciate the, uh, the show, Biggie, and uh, good luck with monitoring and managing that. Well, if he's going to be on the ice a lot, we got to, you know, make sure he's got a Sparks machine too. So, Miggy, uh, head on over to SparksHockey.com and use the code BYMOTS for $50 off your Sparks Sharpener. Sparks is the at-home skate sharpening machine that will never fail. Sparks, the gift that keeps on giving for hockey players and parents. It's convenient, easy to use, and will save you money in the long run. With Sparks, you get an accurate sharpening every single time. Again, head to SparksHockey.com and order your machine today and make sure you use that BYMOTS promo code for 50 bucks off. Yeah, I was uh, on the ice with one of my uh, childhood friends, Kathy, uh, son, uh, Sean, and we were talking about the Sparks Sharpener and, um, you know, different, you know, hollows on the skates and whatnot, and uh, she's definitely going to be looking into it. But it's so convenient that you're gonna, it's going to pay itself back. And you get that fifty dollars off using BY Mod. So make sure you check out SparksHockey.com. Yeah, and and you talked about that quickly. Obviously, being on the ice at Sean, but like the different radiuses, it's it's really cool how the, you know, when you when you get a new wheel for the skate shopping machine, whether it's five eighths or a half inch, or it it breaks it down like you know very sharp to not so sharp and mm-hmm. things like that. So it, you actually are kind of gaining some knowledge about sharpening. Obviously, at the younger age groups, it's not you know, super, super important to have your skates like that, you know, crazy sharp, right? But if you do a half inch or five, five eighths is, is really important. And those things kind of, they break it down on all the boxes. Again, you you, you know, the, one of those wheels lasts roughly, I would say, what, 50, 60 sharpenings? Yeah, I think it was 60 or 70 yeah. sharpenings. Yeah, it's great value. Great value. Uh, all right. I have a younger goalie. I am looking to make the switch from town to club hockey for next season. Currently, both the Breakers and Junior Terriers have shown strong interest in having him join them for next season. My location makes it so each rink is about the same drive time for practice. I would like to hear your pitch on why I should choose one program over the other. Uh, thank you. First time club dad, Tony C. Uh, well, Mots, I mean, you were a breaker. I'm a terrier, so Tony, you got to go to the terriers, dude. That easy. <laughs> that easy. Yeah, I mean, the I was gonna say the proximity doesn't matter, um, and goalies are gonna be valued if you know they're able to stop the puck. 
you know, you, 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 you're going to have some interest. That's an important piece. <laughs> yeah. Not afraid. I think one of the worst attributes of a goalie is when they flinch, when the puck starts coming. So, yeah. That's definitely not. As long as he's not flinching. But, um, no, two really good programs, in my opinion. Um, great league in particular. Um, mm-hmm. So you're going to get a, a bump up in competition throughout the league going from town to club. So you really can't go wrong either way, in my opinion. Yeah. No, two great groups, ownership groups, um, you know, people that we've known on both sides, both programs for a long time. Um, so I guess if you had to make a final decision, you you, you look at the coaching, yeah. who may be working with, um, you know, who who may be working with the goalies in particularly during skills and, and, and things like that. So that could be something that, that you know, you're going to help um, – you know, that's going to influence your decision, right? We always talk about coaching being very important. So that's something to look at and ask questions about and talk to. And, you know, it, it, either way, you can't go wrong. Yeah, no, I, I think that's exactly a great point, you know, for Tony to look at who the coaches are for that that specific position too, right? And, and what's offered for yep. those skills for the goalies because, you know, some programs have separate goalie coaches that, you know, on certain nights and whatnot. But I just think that it's so important to, you know, get that foundation in place, especially for a young goaltender. It's a lot of technique, angles. And if you pick that up very quickly, it makes the job a lot easier to stop puck. So, um, yeah, just do do a little bit of homework on both, you know, see who, who the actual coach is and then, you know, the skills, uh, the goalie skills coach. And Tony, if you want to hang out with me, Terry is. how good questions uh great stuff mots a lot of good questions there and and we really appreciate jay guerrero coming on uh that mailbag was brought to you by franklin sports the official street hockey partner of the national hockey league check out their line of official nhl street hockey games and training equipment at franklinsports.com today yeah franklin sports the official street hockey partner so that once the weather starts turning, grab your street hockey gear and get out there. FranklinSports.com. Yeah. Um, Mots, I'll be heading down to Florida later in the week. We, uh, you know, back-to-back trips here. So my 2011s are going down to the Tampa area for another exposure cup. So I'll be soaking in that vitamin D like we talked about earlier, uh, putting some itineraries together. Should You know, really good competition and, and fun events for the kids and, I'll be sadly missing you. Last year, you joined me down there, so I'll make sure to say hello to the, you know, Hulk Hogan for you. Last year, we, we were able to hang out with him. So, yeah, I mean, just tell him I'm, I'm still eating my vitamins. Um, <laughs> he, he definitely, yeah, that was so fun to catch up with him last year, and I'm bummed that I'm not going to be able to make it down, but uh, I'm going to stay up this way and, you know. Yeah, you got your own kids to worry about. Yeah, no. <laughs> hey, kids, dad's leaving again. Sorry, I'm going to miss your games, but. But my hockey rankings uh, will do a good job at slotting those teams in that tournament. And uh, we wish you guys, the the group, the best of luck down there. Yeah, no, I definitely like, you know, we talked about the my hockey rankings question of the week earlier in the episode. But, you know, it was the first thing I did right when I got the schedule. It came out over the past week. It was like right to myhockeyrankings.com and check out, all right, this team's ranked here. This is how we should match up. And it's really a a, a valuable resource. And they, they, you know, Matt. Miles and that group with the exposure hockey, uh, they do a good job of balancing the games and, you know, get everybody seated up and, and into the playoff round. So hopefully we uh, I'll, I'll send you some videos and hopefully get out there on social media and you'll see me behind the bench and have a lot of fun. The kids are really looking forward to it. This is kind of a uh, 
you know, we've we've gone to tournaments in the past, right? But their first year peewees, this is like a big one on the plane. My mother, my my wife was saying some of the moms are like, you know, do we put the 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 skates in the uh, in the the, the, carry-on. the the carry-ons? I'm like, as long <laughs> as it doesn't have wheels on it, and you're not taking up seven, uh, you know, I need room for my Spocks machine. I need room for my Spocks exactly. Uh, but the kids are all fired up. They're charged up. They got some bathing suits to be rocking, you know, that everybody on the team got. So they're everybody's the Terrier group that we have going down there is uh, super excited. It's a good, good group of kids and parents. So hopefully we have some success on the ice and, and success hanging out, you know, telling war stories in between games and, and well, post game. Yeah, that's definitely going to happen. That's yeah, definitely going to the The adults will win the off ice for sure. Yeah, they always do. Uh, New Year, same great benefits at Pro Stock Hockey. Give your kid the pro experience with free name personalization, free tape, same-day shipping, and friendly customer service with all your kids' sticks and gloves. A 30-day warranty is also included with all kids' sticks. The world's largest inventory of Pro Stock sticks and gear is now for the kids as well. With with a great selection of youth equipment, visit ProStockHockey.com today and use the code BYMOTS. For twenty percent off your your kids' gear order, um, and look much. good, play good, yeah, yeah. feel good. That's it. That's, that's it. That, that's what pro stock hockey does for the kids. What, for the kids, that's what you do. You want to look the pot out there and look like a pro, uh, which those guys do a really good job. Of. Obviously, Mots. How's the uh, February vacation? Any spots left in that camp? Uh, we got like two spots left. Um, Get them while they're hot, boys and girls. Yeah. You, know, you can go to the sixline.com to sign up. It's uh, 8.30 for the younger group, 9.30. So it's uh, Squirts and Peewees, and that's from uh, <clears throat> February 20th to the 24th, yep. Monday through Friday. Yep. Yeah, looking forward to that. As soon as I get back, I'll be uh, I'll be able to join you, and we can we can hang out and coach up the youth a little bit. So looking forward to it. We'll also have the, the defensive-only skills. Uh, well, it doesn't have to just be for defensemen, but it's going to be mostly focused on the defensive side of the game. Uh, that'll be put out soon. March, you had the dates for those too, right? Yeah, April 10th to May 29th, Monday night once a week. Mm-hmm. So there'll be two uh, different age groups there as well. Um We'll and that's that always registration. Uh, yeah, that, that'll be up on the Ring, Ring Shrinks website. And we'll be you know getting that out on uh, on all our socials so that people can sign up. It was uh, definitely uh, last week. It was cool because just chatting with um, you know a, a parent of a player who I don't coach, but he's been to the camp that mm-hmm. a week, and he was he was pumped that we're going to do it again, and a lot of great feedback from from people who have um, participated. So. Hopefully uh, that works on people's schedules and you can sign up and have some reps in the D uh, specific. And it's very good for forwards too. You handle the puck all over the ice. Yeah, no, absolutely. And the work on that, that, you know, defensive side of things and backward skating and pivoting, all that stuff is just going to help you become a better all around player, which is what it's all about. Also, we got the uh, Y3K camp. You can register at yandelhockey.com. That's coming up in Nantucket this summer uh, in July, July 17th. That starts up. There'll be a couple groups for that. Spaces, like I said last week, are filling up quickly. So make sure you get to the website and sign up ASAP. Get your house rented over on on the A A C K. You know what I mean, Mott? Yeah, that, that that's a nice going to be a nice little trip. Get over there and help some kids develop, shape the youth a little bit, and take in the island. You know. Yeah. Speaking of which, have you ever been skiing? Have I ever been? Yeah. Yeah. Like hockey guys, it's not like no, but yeah, I've been a few times. 
Keith's been sending me some some picks. He's out in Colorado. I forget exactly where, but it was his first time skiing. And uh <laughs> so he's loving it. He did a lesson and and you know, few, is he wearing few... jeans? <laughs> yeah, Junkos. He's got his dungies on. I, you uh, know, you know, the skateboarder that he was back in the day. I'm surprised he's not thrashing the mountain on a snowboard. I know. Though he said it's a blast, and then he sent me some videos of his girls skiing and uh it looks really fun, but it's his first time ever going. Like he had never been, obviously, yeah. as a as a kid. We, I mean, I was lucky enough, and I was. We, we <laughs> I know we're rambling here, but we were we were going. I we had cousins that had a place up in Sugarloaf, and they were in my age and my sister's age, so they would take us, but they never took Keith. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, maybe if you weren't such a bad kid, you would have, you know, got the invite a couple yeah. of times. But I, I was talking to him like I was, you know whatever some some professional skier or whatever he's like dude when have you ever been skiing you know what I mean? and uh so we were having some laughs about that and his buddy tim fawcett he's with he's like yeah he's like no tim's really good he's like he's almost at your level uh <laughs> which i have I, I think the last time i went was like 15 16 years ago so uh, i gotta get back out there and you talk about getting thrown into the fire right out in colorado i like i forget exactly where he is but the the pitches look amazing that's great. Maybe a, to... uh, a rink shrink ski trip to Blue Hills or something. <laughs> yeah. The big blue. <laughs> the big blue. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, once again, thanks for hitting us up. Obviously, the the emails have been coming through, rinkshrinks at gmail.com. Great mailbag questions. Uh, we, we still like getting the voicemails, 347-674-7465. Again, that's um, you know 3476-SHRINK, 347-674-7465. So keep filling those up. We'll have another mailbag episode in a couple of weeks. Uh, really appreciate all the engagement on Instagram, at the Rink Shrinks, at Twitter, at Rink Shrinks. Uh, you know, we're over 20,000, so really, really good stuff. Thanks to everybody for listening and subscribing and following. Keep, keep it going, right? That's keep right. rolling. Keep it keep rolling. rolling. Keep it rolling. Uh, like I said, thanks to everybody for listening and tuning in. And thanks to the sponsors. Thanks to Jason Guerrero for jumping on with us. It was uh, really cool to have him, especially coming hot off a of Beanpot title. And I think it's time to cue the Rink Shrink Shuffle, Jersey. 